Man, can we praise the Lord just one more time? Like, I just, I think we can just leave now. Like, we can just leave. Like, that was just, I'm so grateful for our team that leads us not just on stage, but also in the back. Uh, thank you, guys. That's incredible. If you're new with us, my name is Misael Gonzalez. I'm one of the pastors here uh, at the church, and so it's incredible just to open up the word with you. And, and this morning, someone actually asked me, they said, Misael, how are you doing, man? And I was like, honestly, I'm just like really tired because at one o'clock in the morning, this train decided to like come by and it's just like making a ton of noise. And then it decided to stop really loud. So it was like, Arr! and I was just like, <gasps> I was like, what is going on? And so that happened at one and that happened at three. Then it happened at five. And I was like, how many trains are, in, are, are like here? This is crazy. And so maybe something like that happened to you last night. Maybe this morning something crazy happened to you. But I want to let you know that no matter what has happened, we are here right now. We've made it. This is amazing. And I truly believe that the Lord has a word for us. I truly believe that the Lord has something to encourage us with and maybe even challenge us with this morning. And so we're beginning this new series called Greater Than. And this is this new series that will really be us walking through the book of Colossians. And we're going to see that Jesus is greater than everything. And we're going to flesh out all of these things that Jesus is greater than. And so I'm just really excited for this because truly I think we'll be able to just see Jesus and how we are to walk hand in hand with him, even through all the full unknowns of life, because he is greater than anything that we can think of, anything that we can conceive, because he is creator and everything else is creation. And so there's something about that that is so special of who God is. So this morning, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 6, starting in verse 6. And so as you're getting there in Colossians, I want to give you just a little bit of context of what's going on. And so we have Paul, and he's speaking again to these people who he's never actually met before. And Paul is only writing to these people because he heard about them from this man named Epaphras. So if you look right there in, in Colossians chapter 1, you're going to see this name Epaphras, which is a name you don't really hear a lot, kind of like Misael. And you see him, and he's like, he's telling Paul all these things. So Paul's like, man, I got to write to them. So he's like, man, I write to you, and I'm so grateful for how you love one another. I'm so grateful for how you've heard the gospel, and it's growing, and, and it's just so fascinating because really, Epaphras is doing what Paul taught him, and Paul is doing really what Jesus taught him, and that's being a missionary and being someone who is a disciple maker. And that's really who Epaphras was. He was someone who is a disciple, who made disciples, who made disciples, and that's really what we see in, in this first part of Colossians of what Paul is saying. It's like, man, thank you, and I praise the Lord for what you're doing, and I praise the Lord how you stood strong, because the people of Colossians, they're, they're really uh, in, in this place where there is so many heresies, this place where people were believing in something called Gnosticism, which is so many things, uh, but really this particular belief was like, you know what, we're going to get like this special revelation from this like outside God. And that's really what they were dealing with. And so Paul's like, man, thank you. Thank you for staying strong. And so if you're with me in Colossians chapter one, we'll start reading uh, in verse 6. And so really, let's, let's stand together in the reading of God's word. Starting in verse 6, it says this. In the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it, and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, 
our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joy Joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And this is the word of the Lord, and praise be to God. You may be seated. A textual idea that we see in these verses is that as Paul is writing to the church of Colossae, it's clear that he is praying that we, that they would walk confidently in their salvation. And so here's the sermon idea I want you to write down. And this is the idea that we're going to see throughout this whole passage, is that we walk with God. I want you to write that down. Walk with God. As we look through these verses, man, I want us to see a couple of truths of of what we see and what happens when we do walk with God. And so in verses 6 to 10, we're going to see that God's knowledge is greater than man's knowledge. God's knowledge is greater than man's knowledge. And we see this in in verses 6 to 10. And really, I want to start really in verse 9 because this is where we're going to see most of the meat. Because before verse 9, we, again, we have Paul just saying, man, Epaphras, I'm so grateful for you, and I'm so grateful for how, how much love you have for your people and how your people love one another and how the Spirit is working in their lives. And I'm so grateful that the church of Colossae is so healthy. Like, this is just incredible. But then he goes on in verse 9, and, and we see that Paul begins by saying, man, this is my prayer. My prayer, and this is what I'm going to ask of the Lord. And when Paul is saying, man, I want to ask this from the Lord, it's, it's more than just a prayer, but it's like a plea. It's like, Lord, I, I beg you, please, this is what I pray that will happen. And his particular prayer is that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. If you look with me right here in verse 9, it's like, man, I so hope that you would understand the Lord and that you'd be filled. And this word fill is so important for us because have any of you acted out of emotion maybe? And it's like, man, I acted fully out of emotion. I was just like filled with emotion and I punched that guy in the face. Ask Chris Wall. He's done it a couple times. And he's just filled with emotion. He's like, and he just does it. Well, in a sense, that's what Paul's talking about. Because, man, I want you to be filled with wisdom. I want you to be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. Really, I want you to act under the influence of God. And it's just so incredible because it's this powerful language of saying, man, I want the knowledge of the will of God to be the one that is controlling you and pushing you and influencing you. And so that's what we see here in verse 9. And, and it's just incredible because he not only asks and not only does he pray this that you'll be filled, but it's like, man, how can we be filled with the knowledge of God? How can we be filled with his will? Well, if you look at the very last part of verse 9, it says, it's what the Spirit gives. 
The Spirit gives this knowledge of God's will. It's this, this knowledge that is revealed to us. And, and really, you can think of it this way. Most truths in this world can be learned. But divine truth must be revealed. Divine truth must be revealed because it is God the one who gives it. And truly, as human beings, it's our response to take it. It's our response to do it. And it's God's response to reveal it to us. Because if we think about it, supernatural wisdom goes way beyond natural wisdom. And so it's like, okay, God, we, we, want, we know that you reveal your wisdom by your spirit, that your knowledge. God, how can we gain this? And he goes, well, you can have it through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. So the spirit gives it. And, and so what does this mean by wisdom and understanding? Well, if you think about it, understanding God's will is simply understanding who God wants us to be. And if we look at who God wants us to be, we have to look at Jesus because Jesus was God himself. So it's like, Lord, what do you want us to do? He's like, well, look at Jesus. Look what Jesus did. Look, look what, what, what he did on this earth, and that's what I want you to do. Because if you look, Paul had something in mind in this prayer. And you can look at that goal right here in verse 10. He prays all of this because he says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every single way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Paul had in mind of saying, I want to pray this directly so you will be transformed by God. I want to pray this so you don't just like receive this and do nothing with it, but receive it and do something with it. That's what I want you to do. And it's so interesting, this word live, other, other versions of the Bible, other translations say walk. And that's really important because if you look at the, at the Old Testament, one of the greatest responses that someone could do was walk with the Lord. If you look at Genesis 17, uh, verse 1, we have this moment where, where Abraham and, and God are having this conversation. And God is really telling him, he's like, hey, I want you to walk before me. Walk before me and be blameless. And so there's this moment where it's like my response to God is to walk, to walk with him. And that's so important for us because if you think about it, obedience to the work of God, walking with him, obedience brings us further to the knowledge of who God is. In other words, when we obey God, that helps us know God more. And when we know God more, that brings us to obey God more. I know it seems like a little tongue twister, but that's the reality of what we see is Paul is saying, man, I hope that your goal is to bear fruit. I hope that your goal is to, is to be able to praise the Lord and to grow in the knowledge of him. And that's really important for us because if we look at the application of these, we see that we bloom when we walk with God. We bloom when we walk with God. So this is really interesting. How many of you feel like you've, just, like you've been through a really hard time in your life and that's when you grew the most? Like, I just want to see, raise your hands. Like, the worst time in my life is when I grew the most. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that so interesting? Because when I think about that, it's like, God, why is it that I grow the most when I feel like I'm, like, in the least amount of control? God, why is it that I put more of my trust and faith in you when I know that I'm not in control? I don't know how many of you have been on an airplane, but I've never been so humbled in my life than when I was on an airplane for the first time. Because I'm sitting there, and I'm like shaking, because I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, the only thing that's keeping me from dropping 30,000 feet is that pilot and like this metal thing. It was so humbling. I was like, 
Lord. And then that really brought me to my feet. And I was like, okay, God, like my hands are in your hands. Like my, my person is in your hands. Like these people are in your hands. This is crazy. It was, so, it was a moment of so much humility. And, and then I think of another time in my life where uh, I have a big family. And, and with a big family comes a lot of things. And I remember one of my aunts, I might have told the story before, but one of my aunts, uh, I actually got to see her in the hospital, beaten almost to death. And, and when I'm looking at her beaten almost to death, I didn't know what to say other than just be angry. Like I literally wanted to find the person who had beaten my aunt to death and chop him up into little pieces, put him on a skillet and eat him as a taco. I was like, I want to find you and get rid of you. I, that was my anger. I was just so distraught. I was like, Lord, like, I literally just want to go find this guy. But it was in that moment where one of my other family members reminded me, said, man, you got to trust the Lord. You got to trust that you're not in control and he is. Yeah, it, this is this moment, Misai, that you have to grow, that you have to bloom. And this word bloom, this word grow, and it's so interesting because when we look at the Bible, we're referenced a lot like plants. If you look at Psalms uh, chapter 1, I'll read it for us. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree. That person is like a tree planted by a stream of water, which yields its fruits in season and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Man, when I think about that, it's like, man, let's, let's not rush the process here. Let's not try to go from a 13-year-old Christian to like a 35-year-old Christian in one year or one day. The thing is, is that it's a, it's a process where we are growing with the Lord. And really, the, the word says that we are to delight with him delight with him. And, and that really means like, man, like, Lord, I want to be transformed in such a way that I'm doing things and I'm growing in such a way that I'm like, wow, I just did that. And I would have never done that if it wasn't for the Lord. Like I, again, going back to my analogy, man, I definitely would have punched that guy in the face, but instead I just walked away. It's in these moments that we're growing and it's like, Lord, like, I just want to put into practice what you've said. And so that's what we see in these verses. And so we're going to continue, and we're going to look at verses 11 to 12. And in verses 11 to 12, we're going to see that God's strength is greater than man's strength. God's strength is greater than man's strength. And we're going to look here at verse 11. If you read with me, it says, Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. So I know in verse 11, we started at a comma. You see, one thing about Paul is like, he likes to write really long sentences. Okay, so if we start in a comma, if we start like at a hyphen, like, you know, it's just Paul being silly. And he's like, I'm just gonna keep writing without putting a period and we're just gonna keep going. That's just what he does. But you see, God's strength is greater than man's strength because his strength is glorious. Like it literally says that his strength is glorious, and, and yet how many times, if, if you think of your own life, we try to depend on our own strength rather than God's strength. You see, if you look at the Old Testament, we see that God's portrayed as this sovereign God, this powerful God that rescued Israel out of Egypt and all these other places. And if you look at the New Testament, this is the same God that truly just completely unleashed because of Jesus. 
And he's come and he's like, man, the same powerful God is, is not just working with you, but he's working in you and through you. And it's like, Lord, like, you're telling me that when I put my faith and trust in you, I, I, I have you in me and your spirit. And now I have this divine power in me. That's what God is saying because he's like, my strength is greater than your strength. And honestly, I'm grateful for that because I'm really not that strong of a guy. So it's like, Lord, thank you that really I have you to lean on. Because if we look at it, we have these weapons, these weapons of endurance and of patience. These weapons that help us truly persevere when, where we are in these moments. That's like, Lord, I really don't know what to do. Like even in the small things, like when your kids color your walls, the worst. Or when, like when you have to go fix something in your car, the worst. All of these things that happen when a train comes by, one o'clock in the morning, the worst. I have to have this endurance and this patience. It's like, Lord, like I absolutely need you. We have these weapons. And so really the next thing that we see that just blows me away is verse 12. It says, in giving thanks to the Father, joyful thanks, has qualified you to share in the inheritance. Oh, my goodness. Like my walk with the Lord as I walk with him and I, as, as I understand that he strengthens me. It's like, Lord, I can't help but have so much joy in saying thank you, God. I can't help that when I walk with the Lord and it's like, man, God, I, I just, I've, I'm thinking about the salvation that you've given me. Thank you. Like when's the last time we just took a moment to just realize what the Lord has done in our life and saying, God, like you've transformed me. You've saved me. Like, God, can I just take a moment to say thank you? That's so important for us to do as, as we think about this because in verse 12 it says that God is the one who has qualified us. That is huge because it's not like I had to run a mile to be qualified to be transformed by God. If not, I'd, I'd probably like not make it. But the thing is, is that it's not anything that I had to do, but it's everything that he has done. He is the one who has qualified us to be transformed in, in order to be saved by grace. And he says, we have a great inheritance. If you look with me, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. I mean, I, we could just sit on this verse forever because the Lord has made promises. He's like, man, I've, I've qualified you. I've, I've prepared a place for you. I really have. And, and you don't have to fear and and really, if you think about it, we do have a benefit when we walk with God. We benefit when we walk with God. And, and to be honest with you, this became really, really, really real to me this past week. This past week, I went to three funerals in three days, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, like back to back to back. And it's in those moments where you're with the family. It's in those moments where, where, you, where you're looking at the person in the casket, and it's like, man, Lord, like, as believers, there is this huge benefit to be with you. As people who have trusted you with their entire life and surrendered their entire life to you, like this is not the end. And as you talk with the families who know the Lord, they're like, man, I have no idea how people do this without knowing the Lord. Well, it's true because there is this huge benefit to knowing the Lord. And I hope you know that this benefit is, is hope for now and assurance for now, but also hope and assurance for the future. It's so wonderful how the Lord truly guides us every single day. 
it was actually during one of these funerals where the Lord just absolutely grabbed my heart and just guided me in a way that I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, we'll do it. And the, it was this moment where I'm with the family and, and I, you know, I, the service is over and I'm with them, I'm talking, but I was like, you know what, I should probably just like head home. Uh, you know, I want them to be with their family. And so, I, and so I walk away and I start walking away and I'm in the parking lot and I just feel like this, and I just feel like the Lord saying, hey, you gotta turn back. And I was like, hmm. So, so then I keep walking, I'm in my car. So I sit in my car and I just, again, like, you gotta go back. Definitely the Lord guiding me, but I was like, hmm. So then I get my keys and I put the ignition in and I turn my car on. You don't do this to God, but I did it. I turned the car on and it's just like, and I was like, Lord, you're telling me and guiding me. I need to turn back and keep talking with this family. So I turn the car off and I walk in. And as soon as I walk in, the family goes, man, I'm so glad you're back. Like we were hoping to keep talking to you and for you to meet all these other people. And I was like, oh my goodness, God, thank you for guiding me in that moment. I probably should have not said no those first two times or three times. But the Lord guides us and he walks with us. And, and when we walk with the Lord, there's so much benefit because he strengthens us. If you look at these passages, it says that he strengthens us. He gives us patience. He gives us endurance. He gives us joy. And all of these small moments and big moments. And, and really, I want to take time to just almost not apologize, but just say sorry to you. I'm sorry for those people who have told you, man, if you clap a little bit more, you'll get more blessings. Hey, if you, just like, if you just like pray a little bit harder, man, there's gonna be more miracles in your life. Man, I'm, I'm sorry, because that is not how it works. Just because we shout a little bit more doesn't mean that we're gonna get more blessings from God. That is not how it is. You see, our, our praise to the Lord should be pure and just saying, God, I, I'm praising you for who you are, not for what I can get from you. That is how it should be, and, and I'm sorry if someone has told you that. You know, there's great benefit in knowing the Lord, and, and maybe you're in here today, and, and maybe you've been told by someone today, hey, there is no benefit by knowing the Lord. Man, I'm here to tell you that there is. Maybe right now you're someone who goes to school, and all your friends are like, dude, you follow that Jesus guy? That's weird. Man, let me tell you. There is great benefit in following the Lord. There is great benefit in walking with him because I think to myself, how can I not walk through certain things in life and say the Lord is my shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need because he is with me. Like, how can I not? It's like, Lord, help me remember these things. Help me remember that you're greater than my own strength, that you're greater than my own knowledge and the last thing that we're going to see is that God's forgiveness is greater than man's forgiveness. God's forgiveness is greater than man's forgiveness. And we see this in verse 13. It says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Other translations say the dominion of darkness and then the kingdom of light which is just incredible con contrast. And one thing that I want to make sure that we understand, that when we didn't know the Lord, when we truly didn't trust the Lord, we were enemies of God. Like absolute enemies, like kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. 
we were enemies of God. We were people who participated in evil. We were people who hated God. We were people who didn't want anything to do with the light. We were in our own darkness wanting to do our own thing. We lived as people in the darkness. We lived as people who trusted our own strength, who trusted our own knowledge, who trusted our own forgiveness. That is who we were as people of darkness, this dominion of darkness. And to be honest with you, there is nothing that we could have done to get out. We were stuck trying to make our own decisions, trying to do our own thing. We were stuck in this dominion of darkness. And we needed rescue. We needed absolute rescue because in this dominion of darkness, we were absolutely dead. Like you weren't like barely alive. No, you were absolutely dead. And so in our, in our death, in this dominion of darkness, man, yes, we needed rescue, but man, we needed someone to take our place. And so as we look at Jesus, Jesus is the one that transferred. He's like, man, I see that. God saw us. And he goes, man, I love you. And I want to make a way for you. And so that's why it says that we can be into the kingdom of light. That's why he says that it was brought us to the kingdom of light because he is the one who came into our filth, into our darkness and said, man, it is time to be in the kingdom of light. This is what I've done for you. It is time for you to come with me because I love you. And the thing is, is that you can't do this on your own. You're in this darkness, and you can't go to a light on your own. And so Jesus transferred us over, and, and not only did he transfer us over, but, man, he, he took our place. Because really, because we were in this dominion of darkness, we deserved death, we deserved all of these things, and, and just said, you know what, I'm going to take that death that you deserve. He took our place, and... And he's the one that absolutely saved us, but we have to recognize that he has also transformed us. Because the thing about God's forgiveness, and this is what's super beautiful about it, so hear me when I say this, is that when God forgave us, he didn't just forgive and forget. The beautiful thing about God is that he forgave and never forgot. And he forgave even though he knew that we were his enemies. He forgave even though he knew we wanted nothing to do with him. That is the beauty about forgiveness of saying, yeah, no, I'm going to forgive you, though I'm not going to remember. And see, that plays, that plays true in our own lives. Because there are people in our lives right now that we can think of that's really hard to forgive. But that's the beauty of God's forgiveness and how we are to model that and saying, yeah, I'm going to forgive you, even though I'm never going to forget what you did. The last thing this application from these verses, 13 and 14. And what we see is that we belong when we walk with God. We absolutely belong when we walk with God. When we walk with God and we are with him and, and we have placed our faith in him and been, been made new creations, we have this new inheritance and then we're called children of God, which means we're part of a family. And he's like, man, you're part of a family and we gain a new family. So when we are part of the family of God, we could be so different. We could be from different places of the world, but we have one thing in common, and that's Jesus. We gain this family together. Another thing that we gain when we walk with God is, is significance. You know, we live in a world right now that pursues success with all that they got. And it's like, look, at the end of the day, I don't think you're trying to pursue success. You're trying to pursue significance, and you're not going to find it in all these things. We're going to find significance in is the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to find significance in is being a child of God because he gives us this purpose that goes way beyond who we are. 
He gives us a, a significance that, that truly tells us like we are meant for so much more than just this one little thing that we think is awesome. But our passion and our calling should be doing the work of the Lord. Should be being people who say, man, I want to pursue the knowledge of your will. I want to pursue your wisdom. Lord, I want to pursue your spirit, understanding who you are. And God, I want to find benefit and I want to find belonging and walking with you. That I get to talk with you and that you get to talk with me. You see, God's math doesn't always make sense. Can I get an amen on that? His math just sometimes doesn't make sense. It's like, God, I don't get it. Well, that's because we have these human minds. Because we are a creation and he is creator. But you see, God's math is always true. Because if you put Jesus plus nothing, that equals everything. About two years ago, I had this thought. I was struggling with, with who I was. I was struggling with what am I putting my faith in. I was struggling with, me said, what, what are you doing with your life? And I had this thought. I said, I thought to myself, if, I, if something were to happen and I was to be in the hospital, immobile from head down, would I still have significance? If I was in a hospital bed and I literally couldn't do anything but just think, would God still love me? If I, was, if I was in that hospital bed, would I still have everything? Well, the answer is yes. The answer is yes because I would have Jesus. Because Jesus is above all things and he's greater than all things. And so Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Let's pray together. Lord, at this moment... Man, I'm just so encouraged, but also so challenged by your word. Because, Lord, as we speak about your word and as we looked at that your knowledge is greater than ours, that your wisdom is greater than ours, Lord, that you are greater than who we are, God, that is really, really humbling. But at the same time, Lord, that is so, so encouraging. God, I'm so grateful for this church. God, I'm so grateful for the people who love one another so well and love you so well and who are okay with being challenged by your word. And so for this reason, Lord, since the day that I have met them, Lord, you know I haven't stopped praying for them. Lord, I pray that you continually fill them with your knowledge, the knowledge of your will through your wisdom and your understanding that your spirit gives. Lord, I pray that they would do all this so that they will live a life worthy of you, pleasing you, God, in every way. I pray that they would bear fruit in every good work, that you would grow them in your knowledge. Father, I pray that you would strengthen them with the power of your glorious might, that they would have endurance and patience in the biggest things and the small things and always giving joyful thanks to you, understanding, God, that you are the one who has qualified them in the inheritance of the kingdom of light because you, God, are the one who has rescued us out of the darkness. Thank you, Lord, that in you we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I pray all this in Jesus' name.